Today in Canadian History for April the 27th, I'm Joe Barima. On this day back in 1813, York, the capital of Upper Canada, was sacked by American forces. The American forces occupied the town, seized goods, raided houses, and set fire to several public buildings, including the Parliament and Government House. Though the capture of York during the War of 1812 was ultimately not a significant victory in military terms, it was a political and symbolic victory for the Americans. The capture was a contributing factor to the British attack and burning of Washington later in the war. Alan Taylor is a professor at the University of California, Davis. He is the author of The Civil War of 1812, which focuses primarily on Upper Canada's experience in the war. Well, uh, on, that, on that morning, an American flotilla of uh, 14 ships carrying uh, 1,700 troops um, came from Sackett's Harbor in New York and uh, uh, approached the shore of uh, York, what's now Toronto, uh, in preparation to attack the town um, and landed those troops and did attack the town and ended up capturing it. Uh, and uh, then uh, the troops got out of control and plundered the town. landing went, went quite well, and they were advancing on the town, and they greatly outnumbered the defenders. The uh, lieutenant governor of the colony uh, was there because York was the capital of uh, Upper Canada, uh, as uh, Ontario was then known, and uh, the lieutenant governor recognized that he could not uh, hold the town, so he started to retreat with the troops heading eastward toward Kingston. And on his way out of town, he had set fire to a British warship that was under construction, uh, which was one of the key strategic targets for the American troops. And he also had a fuse set to a stockpile of gunpowder in a stone storehouse. Uh, And the goal was just to destroy the gunpowder. But the timing was such that it blew up, Uh, just as the American troops were approaching it, and it set uh, up into the air a great rocket of um, stone, which came tumbling down on the advancing American troops, which uh, uh, killed um, dozens of troops, including the commander of the advance, a man named General Zebulon Pike, who was uh, one of the most promising uh, younger officers in American army. Uh, so the troops were, were very angry about this. They thought this was treachery on the part of the British. Uh, and they were also out of, out of control because they'd lost their key commander. Um, so there was a great deal of chaos. And then there was also anger about uh, losing this prize, this uh, warship that they thought they were going to capture. And they see th- that going up in flames. Uh, so it's a combination of the, uh, the lack of discipline from the troops, the the death of their commander, and a lot of anger, um, <clears throat> which they uh, focused in on the town of York, and they uh, uh, they just proceeded to start to uh, to go into houses and take whatever they wanted, um, despite certain promises that had been made that this would not happen. They were given orders to burn certain uh, public buildings, but those orders did not include the uh, two parliament buildings. Uh, But the troops got out of control and ended up burning them anyway. Uh, And then uh, in rationalization of this, they claimed 
that they had found a uh, scalp of an American that had been mounted on the wall in one of the par- Parliament buildings. Uh, now, this is quite implausible, uh, but they uh, presented a scalp that they found somewhere in the town. Um, and uh, then the Americans sought to make a great propaganda uh, uh, coup out of this discovery of the scalp, saying, see, the, the British in Canada got what they deserved when we burned their parliament buildings. But, of course, the <clears throat> the leaders of Upper Canada all thought that this was just an enormous fraud that it was committed by people to try to cover up uh, their own misdeed in burning these buildings. So there, there's a there's a major problem. It's not that the American uh, political leadership or even military leadership wanted to uh, do all of this looting and burning, but it turns out that their commanders just are not able to control their troops, and their troops, in many cases, are worked up by this propaganda, which accuses the British of assisting Indians in um, attacks on American frontier settlements, and so when they get into a community in Upper Canada, there's a great temptation to say, well, if we steal this or we burn this, we're just taking revenge for misdeeds that have been done to our settlements. So some other towns in Canada that that paid the price for this uh, particular belief were um, Niagara-on-the-Lake, which was then called Newark, which gets burned to the ground uh, in December of 1813, or the town of Dover, also uh, in Upper Canada, which um, is burned in the spring of 1814, uh, and St. David's uh, also gets burned. And then these are the most spectacular cases, but uh, there's a whole lot of just generalized looting and burning that goes on uh, wherever American troops go when they are uh, in Upper Canada during one of their invasions. Well, it's not as big a loss as it could have been if uh, the American force had captured uh, intact this warship nearing completion. It would have enabled them to prolong their control over the lake uh, for a, a much greater period. Or if they had intercepted and captured the British troops that were in the town of York, that would have made it a significant victory. But uh, Lieutenant Governor Sheath is able to withdraw those troops safely to Kingston, and he's able to uh, destroy this warship. So the Americans are essentially capturing a town um, with without the military assets that they thought they were going to gain from it. So in the short term, it's important uh, politically because it, the news of this impresses Americans because it's the first victory that they've won in this war of any significance uh, on land. And uh, so it helps to swing the the election, a critical election in New York State that spring. Uh, it reelects the governor of New York who was pro-war and who was facing a very tough uh, election uh, challenge from an anti-war candidate. So politically, in the short term, it turns out to be important to the Americans. But militarily, it turns out to be a very short-lived and modest gain by the American forces. York really didn't have much military significance other than that warship. And the warship was then ashes. So there wasn't much reason to hang on 
to the town. And the town was, at that time, pretty isolated. Um, and so rather than divide his force and keep a garrison to hold on to York, the American commander, a guy, uh, overall commander, a man named Henry Dearborn, decided to evacuate the town altogether and concentrate his troops over uh, at Fort Niagara, right across the river from Niagara on the lake, uh, in order to attack the British position there, which he would do in the next month in May. Uh, so he had a, a strategy of concentrating forces and kind of picking off British positions one by one around the lake, which was a, was nice in principle, but the execution of it turned out to be flawed, so that every time he'd win one of these victories, the British force would escape. So he's really not picking off and reducing the British force that he has to deal with in the course of the whole campaign. Well, I would just add that um, uh, all of this um, uh, looting and burning that goes on in Upper Canada uh, lies in part behind the uh, British decision to attack Washington, D.C., and when they do so, to uh, to burn the public buildings there, including the White House and the Capitol building. Today is a day full of Canadian history. Championed by Mackenzie King, a plebiscite on wartime conscription was held on this day back in 1942. And the Canadian steamship, the SS Royal William, was launched on this day back in 1831 in Quebec. The steamship was one of the first vessels to cross the Atlantic Ocean almost entirely by steam power. And as always, on this day we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CJSW at 90.9 FM in Calgary. The executive producers are Joe Burima and Mark Affeld. Original music is provided by the Fisk, Fletcher and May Trio. This series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series, or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cgswcom slash Today in Canadian History. Well, uh, Ian, that's a, that's a complicated uh, question. Uh, you, you know, it's, uh, whenever I come into Canada, the passport control uh, finds out what I'm researching on, and often they, they want me to know that uh, Canada won the War of 1812. Mm-hmm.